the science, I feel like I, you know, I was really able to learn a lot, even like starting in high school. But when it comes to the counseling, I think it would have been really advantageous for me to have more of those experiences. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Health Careers with Dr. Martin, a podcast show that pulls back the curtain on what a career in health and wellness is really like. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Martin. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another awesome episode. I'd like to share some information I recently learned. It's April 2021 right now, and I recently learned that this podcast, Health Careers with Dr. Martin, is actually in the top 10% of the most popular shows out of 2 million podcasts globally. That's awesome. So awesome. and so blessed to be in that position. And the reason I think that is is because of the awesome guests I have. They are wonderful. I've just been blessed to have so many insightful, inspiring, and smart guests on this podcast. And so today is no exception. Today, we're going to talk with Kira Deneen. She's a genetics counselor in Connecticut, and her love of science led her to her career. She loved science so much and was so interested in genetics early on, even in high school, that she started a podcast in high school centered around genetics. It's actually an award-winning podcast. And so I'm just fortunate to have a veteran like her on this show and share her uh, love of her career as well as a genetics counselor on this episode. Before we jump into it though, I'd like to ask if you are enjoying this episode, you enjoy other episodes or the podcast, please would love to have you give me and give the show a five-star rating on whatever podcast app that you utilize. It will help bring attention to other people out there who may be interested or could find this information and this resource useful to them. It would really help and would love to get your input as well. If there's comments you'd like to provide that are positive, would love those um, and would be greatly appreciated. Of course, you can also check me out on my website, hcwithdrmarn.com. That's healthcareerswithdrmarn.com. And of course, you can check out the guests, find out more information about them, find their links, find their social media, and also read in detail about their episode as well. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another fabulous episode. Today, I have a a wonderful guest, a unique guest, Miss Kira Deneen. Hello. Thanks for uh, joining me here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's really interesting. You dive into so many careers on the show. I'm excited (laughs) that genetic counseling can be one of them. It definitely is, especially in healthcare, as we're going to find out. Uh, Kira, you know, you're a genetics counselor and I'd like to dive into that. And as we progress through this episode, we're definitely going to find out you're actually doing a lot of different things besides just genetic counseling. So anyway, let's uh, start off with something real quick. Give me a quick bio of yourself in about 30 seconds. Yeah, so I am a prenatal genetic counselor. Um, I started my career getting an undergrad uh, bachelor's of science degree in diagnostic genetics, so looking at chromosomes and that area of genetics and the testing surrounding that. And then I went on to get my master's of science in genetic counseling, so human genetics. And so as my you know main job, I'm a prenatal genetic counselor at a private practice in Stanford, Connecticut, so outside of New York City for people that aren't familiar with the area. 
And so I help pregnant people understand the genetics of their pregnancies and make decisions surrounding that um, and just kind of meet with people and talk to them about, you know, their genetics of not only their pregnancy, but their family as well. What are the usual steps to achieve your professional degree? Did you take the usual steps? Yeah, I would say I'm kind of somewhat standard with it. Um, So you have to have a four-year bachelor's of something, right? So art, science, so um, a four-year degree Mm -hmm. and certain prerequisites. So you have to have some um, psychology background, like some classes with that, some genetics background, um, and some others thrown in there and apply to master's programs in genetic counseling. So there's about 40 or so in North America, um, and it's a ma- ma- uh, it's a match system. So you apply to it, um, get interviews, and then you rank those programs, and then it goes into the match system, and then you're basically like assigned. If you do end up getting matched, you're assigned to go to one of the programs, and then it's a two-year master's program, and then you can be a genetic counselor. Is it competitive? It is. So it's about a 31% acceptance rate for my year. So I think that's gone down a little bit um, since. So I graduated in 2020. Um, So class of 2020, I guess that will follow me for a while. Yeah, it was about, you know, a third of people that end up applying to school actually got matched and enrolled in programs. Best part of your career? Best part of my career. That is a tough question because there's so much. Um, I would say being able to connect with patients directly and talk to them and that like aha moment when they finally get a really tough Mm. genetic concept and you were able to bring that to them and help explain it. And just that moment of like, wow, I'm really impacting this person's life potentially of just, you know, what you're talking about. Um, Because obviously genetics has a lot of impact on different areas of of health and life and family. Um, So that's probably like the the best parts. Those are the best days. And the least favorite part of your career? Least favorite part. Um, I won't say paperwork because that's a cop-out answer. Um, (laughs) It is. (laughs) I would say the least favorite part is having to track down results. So I don't know if that quite is paperwork, but, you know, Mm. contacting labs saying, hey, I was expecting this result today. You know, where is it? When can I expect it? Um, And just kind of bringing that information to patients. So sometimes they're calling, hey, are my results in yet? And you're like, I'm so sorry. You're the middleman sometimes when it comes to that. Um, So that part can be challenging and a little frustrating if you don't have results quickly. So that's kind of the part that, you know, I wish I could make results just appear magically on my desk very quickly. All right. Well, those four questions really meant to give a quick summary and overall view of what your career is like. Let's dive a little deeper. What is your typical day like as a genetics counselor? So as a genetic counselor, I am meeting with patients and when I'm meeting with them in terms of like, what do we talk about when they're sitting at my desk? Yeah. You know, since I'm in prenatal, I'm meeting mostly with people that are pregnant. So I'm going through um, their history in terms of other pregnancies, um, talking about their family history. So talking not just about pregnancies in the family um, and how those went, but also about possibly cancer in the family, other conditions that may be inherited. Um, And so looking to see, is there anything coming up in family history that we should be talking about for this pregnancy? Um, And as I mentioned, you know, cancer will come up as well. So there's Mm. different areas of genetic counseling, but prenatal is one of the biggest areas. So that's like what I'm focused on, but obviously other things come up. So we go through that. We go through genetic testing options for the pregnancy. So if they want to do genetic testing to see, is there a high likelihood of having a genetic condition for that pregnancy? Or is there a low likelihood and they're more in that general population so that, you know, everything is coming back looking normal. 
And so, you know, we go through that. And part of it is, it's not just saying, hey, which one of these do you want? It's really processing. You know, let's talk about the test. Do you understand the test? Is this a test that you want to do? Does this work mm-hmm. for you and your partner and, you know, whoever is making those decisions with you? Um, so it's it's knowing the genetics and being able to educate on that and teach that. But then also the counseling part of it is processing that and saying, okay, not everybody's going to want the same thing. Um, and that's really where, you know, we're a little bit different than other maybe providers that are like, oh, we're doing this. Um, whereas a lot of genetics is more optional. Um, so that's a big part of the session and going through that. And in terms of, you know, when I'm not sitting with a patient, I'm writing patient letters. So explaining everything we talked about during sessions so I can inform their doctor or their healthcare provider. Mm -hmm. Um, As I mentioned, following up with results and seeing, okay, I get a result. I'm calling the patient and informing them and helping them understand like what this means if it's not just a normal result. So certainly that can be part of it. And sometimes if a patient's having a procedure, being involved during that to some extent, um, you know, more observing, but also just being the point person that I'm seeing their care through. And so stability for patients to have like, oh, I was talking with a genetic counselor that talked about this procedure. And now we're sitting here and, you know, this is being done and she's still here. So that's kind of, you know, a bulk of, of what it is in terms of, you know, that direct patient care and what that day looks like. You must have developed and learned a wealth of different, uh, of information of all these different ge- genetic disorders, because there's a lot of them. There is. <laughs> I will never know all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's how many they are. But there must be a few core ones that stand out. So yeah. are, can you use your story about, uh, do you have a patient in particular that kind of stands out of how you kind of had a real impact with what you're doing? Yeah, so certainly there's, you know, patients that come in that we go through genetic testing, everything comes back normal. And then there's other situations where a patient comes in, decides to do testing, and something does come back, you know, abnormal or high risk. So there's different terms that we use to say, you know, that this is, there could be a condition um, in the fetus or in the pregnancy. And so, you know, some of, you know, you said that there's more common conditions. So that would be something like Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. So someone that has an extra chromosome, so particularly extra chromosome number 21. So that one is, I would say, the most common in terms of what's coming up for pregnancies and the type of testing that we're doing. So for, you know, people that aren't familiar, people with Down syndrome can have intellectual disability. They can have some medical problems as well. So some heart problems that are at increased risk for certain cancers like leukemia, um, other like GI problems, so gastrointestinal problems. Um, so there's kind of a list and just like many conditions, it's a spectrum disorder. So you have some people that are more on the mild end of that and some people that are more on like the severe, more impacted end. And so that so, would Kira, be an is, there, is there a patient that you've taken care of uh, that whether whether that whether it's that syndrome or something else where you you remember how you um, whether I don't know they broke down on you or if there's some kind yeah. of experience that you could share? Yeah. So thinking about one patient, um, you know, when I'm giving results, typically it's on the phone because I just got the results, so I'm contacting the patient, and usually patients aren't expecting me to have results that are this high risk of saying, you know, your pregnancy is high risk or there's a high chance for this condition. Um, So thinking about a certain patient in particular, um, you know, I had called them and and told them, you know, this is a higher chance that, you know, the baby does have Down syndrome. And they certainly were upset that they weren't expecting me to say that. And, you know, and, and part of that conversation is looking at let's continue this conversation in the office. So why don't you come in and we can look at this report together and learn more about this. And so some patients will ask like, okay, should I start researching ahead of time? That's kind of Mm. a common question I'll get. And 
you know, I say it's, it's really up to you. I think sometimes it can be overwhelming that maybe it's better we sit down and talk about things and I answer your questions directly because, you know, I'm sure you're aware of Dr. Google isn't always the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there can be a lot of disturbing information that can come up that's not presented in really the right way. Um, so that certainly is something. And, you know, when that patient came in, it's it's nice to be able to sit with someone and process that and not just be sitting possibly by yourself and reading that information. Mm-hmm. And just being able to talk not only about, okay, here's the information, but how are you feeling about this? Is there someone that you want to bring with you to that appointment? Um, So just a lot surrounding it of just like the human experience and not forgetting about that aspect of it. Because obviously this is, it can be really challenging to hear news that you weren't exactly expecting. Even though you knew that could come out of it, most people think, well, not me. And, you know, it's going to be some people that that does come up for. Kira, I presume your most most genetic counselors are in a clinic setting like you are. Is that true? Yeah. So most genetic counselors are working in like a hospital setting. Um, so I'm a little bit different because I work in a private practice. So, you know, certainly there are other genetic counselors that do. I think there's more of a minority of us that are working in private practice, but that is just part of it. Um, there's genetic counselors that work on more of the research side and the laboratory. There's genetic counselors um, that work in very specialized areas like neurogenetics, so looking at conditions like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, um, different conditions that you know are affecting those areas of the body. So there's certainly, if there's an area in healthcare you're thinking of, there's probably a genetic counselor that works in there. And if not yet, in the next few years, I would say you know probably would be joining that. And for you, just walking us through your typical day, are you you showing up at nine? You leave at five? Is exactly. It something different. <laughs> Yeah, so most of the time, you know, I'm I'm showing up at nine and I'm able to leave at five. There's always some exceptions that happen, but yeah. for the most part, genetic counseling is not one that, you know, you're having to stay and do a lot of extra hours in terms of, you know, something coming up. It really depends how your team looks. Some mm-hmm. genetic counselors, just because there's not a lot of us, have to take on a lot of patients. And so that can really max out your day. So certainly I have colleagues in the field that are working very long days. So Mm. it can really depend just, you know, how many patients you have and how many you're responsible for. So that definitely differs. Um, I think as we get more genetic counselors, hopefully that starts to improve so that we aren't so having our schedule so packed with patients. Mm -hmm. How many patients do you see a day typically in your setting? Yeah, it definitely ranges. It can range from me not seeing any patients and I'm just writing letters and, you know, looking at results all day. Um, or I could potentially see eight patients in a day and have all okay. of those hours filled. Right. Um, I would say more on an average, it's probably more like four or five patients. Um, so that really depends. I tend to book an hour with patients, whereas some places would maybe only book 15 minutes or half an hour. So hmm. it really does range, but somewhere in that. And you're not on call for anything. No, that is one aspect that I really like about genetic counseling. I don't know any genetic counselors that are on call. So that's certainly something that went into my decision-making process in terms of like, (laughs) what career do I want and how does that look for my life? And yeah. (laughs) And what other fields besides prenatal medicine that genetic counselors can go into? Yeah. So there's certainly, um, I would say cancer, prenatal, and pediatrics are the main three areas that genetic counselors work in. 
that's shifting a lot. Um, so now we have a lot of genetic counselors working in cardiac. So working with people with heart conditions, um, because there are certain conditions that are genetic and inherited. And so if we're identifying that, we want to start testing other people in the family and, um, you know, for a heart condition, if you can get on a medication that can save your life, that's really important to do as soon as you discover that. So, you know, that's a really interesting area. There's ophthalmology, so looking at, you know, eye conditions. There's metabolic, so looking at conditions where, like, maybe the body isn't able to break down a certain protein, so it's building up in the body and causing issues. So just so many different areas, which I think is what makes it a really exciting career because um, I've always been very interested in prenatal, and I was thinking that's where I would go. But say in 10 years, five years, whatever, I say, you know what? This is getting a little routine to me. I can switch and do cancer. And it's almost like a whole different career, even though it's all those same basic skills. So genetic counselors are all trained in the same way. And then you end up, you know, usually specializing in something, but you're able to transition into, you know, other areas and genetic counselors. I see that all the time after a few years, they're like, I'm going to switch it up and do pediatrics. I'm going to switch it up and, you know, go become a professor or program director um, and help train the next generation of genetic counselors. So there's a lot of flexibility in terms of, you know, just how your career looks. Yeah. Nice. What are some misconceptions people have of a genetic counselor? I love that question. So misconceptions. I think the first one is if you meet with a genetic counselor, you have to do genetic testing. Not the same. So when you're meeting with a genetic counselor, it's part of that decision-making of like, okay, let's look at the testing and see, do you want to do the testing? Mm-hmm. So you can go meet with a genetic counselor, go through all the information and say, thanks for going through that, but I don't want to do testing. That's totally fine. You know, it, it doesn't matter to us. What matters is that we're educating the patient and making sure that they are making the best decision for them. And sometimes that decision is not doing testing and that's great as long as they understand, you know, what goes into that. And some people may not want to know if there's a certain genetic predisposition for something. So Mm -hmm. you're at higher risk for developing cancer because we find a certain change in your genes. So, you know, that's going to be very personal decision. And I think that's an approach that genetic counselors take that we're, you know, going through those options and educating so that people are making that decision. So I think some people think, oh, I don't want to do genetic testing, so I don't want to see a genetic counselor. But There's much more to it than that. Got it. So I presume you deal with some patients who have a lot of apprehension about seeing you and you have to kind of overcome that that barrier. Yeah. And sometimes um, people maybe didn't meet with a genetic counselor in previous pregnancies and Mm. they come in, they're like, I don't, I'm not supposed to be here. I don't understand why I'm here. I wasn't here for my last pregnancy. And so, you know, kind of having to say, okay, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about like why we are here. And, you know, I meet with all the patients that come into this practice. And so it's not just, there's not a particular reason we're bringing you in. Um, and that's going to differ. So some places may only see pregnancies um, that are considered higher risk. So someone that's older when they're having a baby, right. um, someone that has, we found something on ultrasound. So when we're looking at images of the the pregnancy and looking at those pictures and say, hmm, mm-hmm. something might look a little different. Um, so it depends where you are and certainly where you are in the world too. Let's change a little bit the topic here. The outlook of your profession as a genetics counselor, what's the future like in your opinion? So the future is very bright, <laughs> I would say. Um, so genetic counseling as a career is projected out to be growing very, very fast. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact number, but the next 10 years, I think it was something like 
um, the high 20%. Um, so like 28% or something of, of growth in the career. And, nice. you know, as, as a comparison of like, okay, well, what about other careers? So in general, it tends to be more like five, six, seven percent, something in those ranges. So certainly we're exploding in terms of just jobs that are available. And opportunities. Got and it. opportunities. Yeah. Just like there, I constantly see job postings for just really interesting, like, wow, oh, that's an interesting area that a genetic <laughs> counselor could work in. And it's just exciting to see um, all the areas that we can go and things we haven't even thought of yet. What type of students do you think best flourish in this type of career? So students that are really interested in science and interested in communication. So there's a lot of different careers like within the science communication and, you know, genetic counseling is certainly one of them. So if genetics, biology was intriguing to you, you really liked those units in school, um, I think it's worth checking out genetic counseling. And if you like writing, if you like, um, you know, like making presentations, public speaking, if you like explaining concepts and like talking about science, yeah. um, this is certainly like a good field to explore. And even if the talking and communications part isn't as appealing, there are genetic counselors that work like, as I mentioned, like for laboratories where you're doing more of looking at the data that comes out of genetic testing and helping to understand what all that means and then helping yeah. doctors to understand what that mean um, or coming up and like developing some of like the testing. So um, some genetic counselors aren't working directly with patients, which I think is an important thing to highlight. It's funny you mentioned you said something about educating physicians too. So it's not just educating patients. It's other. It's also educating other healthcare providers about, you know, genetics and certain diseases. That's Is that true? Right. Yeah, yeah. So certainly some genetic counselors, usually ones that have a little bit more years under their belt. So certainly I'm a new genetic counselor, but some others that have been in the field for a while are in roles where they are educating doctors and other mm. healthcare providers saying, okay, learn about this genetic testing so that you can order this for your patients. Because there's not enough genetic counselors, a lot of other healthcare providers are ordering genetic testing. So you're not always going to have a genetic counselor when you're getting genetic testing ordered. Oftentimes you are, but it also depends on just like, you know, what healthcare system you're in. Kira, let's talk about how you even got in here, like this career. Like, were you, first of all, were you, what kind of student were you? Were you kind of a real science nerdy type of student? I mean, how would you describe yourself as a student in, in, yeah. like in high school? Yeah. So in high school, I definitely was interested in the, the sciences. I remember we had like an A, B day. So we kind of flipped every day our schedule. And one of mine was just full of science classes. And that was like, yes, this is my, this is, <laughs> this is the, the day that I preferred. But I would say I was not a straight A student. So I am not someone that I would say is just like very book smart. <laughs> what, are you telling me this now? I, I would never have let you come on this podcast if that's the case. I know I'm not allowed, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I think it's important to like bring up because, you know, at first I was like, oh, that seems like a career that like only brainiacs would do like mm, genetics. That sounds yeah, really yeah. complicated. And it is. Um, but I think it's good to hear that, you know, you don't have to be the top student. You don't have to have all APs. You don't have to have all honors or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, obviously those things can help, but I think, you know, genetic counselors, there are some of my colleagues that I was like, wow, they really fit that. They fit that brainiac and um, just really, really book smart. Um, but I think it's for people that are just really interested and passionate about genetics and that you like to learn. It's certainly not a career where you learn something once and you're good. Every day I'm learning new things. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea this disease had this involved or like this testing is now brand new. 
But I think that's the exciting part of the career. How'd you get interested in Gen X in the first place? Like, was this on your mind as a, I kind of know the answer, but I want to hear you say it. <laughs> yeah. Were you interested in this when you were in high school or even earlier? Yeah. So I had heard about genetic counseling in high school. And at first I was like, you know, wow, this seems like a really cool career. I'm going to like go for this. Wait, how'd you um, hear about it? I heard about it actually through my mom. She's a social worker. Oh, okay. And I always thought her career was really cool. Just being able to talk with people and the therapy aspect but I was like, it's not quite nerdy enough for me. I need like another element there. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and so that's when she was like, I remember, I don't know. She was like, I found your career. I was like, okay, mom, like, what, what is it? Like, and then she's like, genetic, uh, genetic counseling. Like you could be a genetic counselor. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. Like, that sounds really weird. And, you know, then I started learning more about it and I was like, okay, this seems interesting, but is it going to be really sad? That was my thing of like, is every day going to be, you know, really just Because you're bad, giving bad news. Yeah, because at first mm. I was like, well, you must just be giving bad news all day. Exactly. But then when I started learning about it, I learned a lot of it is not necessarily giving bad news. A lot of it is empowering of, you know, being able to educate people and then they can make decisions that, you know, is life-saving possibly. Um, so I think having that new perspective on it was really helpful in terms of looking at it. And depending what field you go into, a lot of mine, you know, are cases where it's completely normal pregnancies and you just get to meet with people and be really excited about um, their pregnancy and, you know, talk to them about their lives and everything. So different roles are going to have different levels of that. But I think that's why it's important to even look at like job shadowing, because that was really helpful for me to be like, all right, let me see a genetic counseling session and see, is that something I want to do? So you did some job shadowing when you were younger and that was very helpful, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I I had done job shadowing while I was an undergrad. And so, you know, during that time I was able to shadow a bunch of different genetic counselors and I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely something I want to do and pursue. And that was very key, you think, in helping your decision-making process of choosing that career versus other options? Yeah, it was. Um, And even hearing from the genetic counselors of like what grad schools they went to and like how to get into grad school was really helpful. Um, And they became really um, helpful for me when I was writing like my, um, application essay that they were like, yeah, send it to me and I'll, you know, make some edits and give you some suggestions. So I think having role models and mentors can be so helpful because it's, you have no idea what you're doing when you start. So it's like finding someone that can help you say, Hey, go check out this internship. I think this might be a good fit for you to learn more. Kira, reflecting back, would you have done anything differently? I think I would have done a little bit more experiences with counseling. So I, I personally had a lot of genetics um, in undergrad and, you know, obviously with grad school and everything. So I had a lot of the genetic exposure and learning. Like the science. But yeah, so the science, I feel like I, you know, I was really able to learn a lot, even like starting in high school. Um, but when it comes to the counseling, I think it would have been really advantageous for me to have more of those experiences. So like volunteer for a hotline. There's some different ones like crisis text line that a lot of my colleagues had done before grad school and just getting more of that experience so that you're just, um, you know how to like counsel patients more. And obviously like that just comes with time and experience. So like as much experience you can get can really just set you up to feel, feel confident and feel like you're a really good genetic counselor right after graduation. Improving your communication skills. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Let's change gears to something totally different. All right, let's do All right, it. Rapid fire questions. Let's you do ready? it. Yes. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite thing to drink? My favorite thing to drink? Um, coffee, definitely. Like a cold brew coffee is pretty nice. Yeah. All right. Favorite holiday? 
Favorite holiday, Halloween. Just so fun. You get dressed up, I presume? I get dressed up. I I have dressed up as a scientist because that is an easy thing to grab from the closet. So, yes. DNA necklaces and all. Wow. Um, least favorite subject in school? Least favorite subject, math, because it was really challenging. And I think I kind of went for biology genetics because I wasn't good at math and I don't need to use math as much in genetics. Stats, I thought you would have some. to use, yeah, I thought you would have to use some some good amount of math in, in genetics. Yeah, not as much as some, but not as much as I think other areas, which is why I was like, oh, I'm better at genetics because there's less, less of the math there, yeah. <laughs> Favorite day of the week? Favorite day of the week? Um, probably Friday because you get to just kind of end your week, usually on a good note, hopefully, and just wrap yeah. things up and then feel good heading into the weekend. What's your favorite season? My favorite season, um, definitely summer. Um, Connecticut right. can get a little cold in the winter, so I'm not a fan of that. So opposite would be summer. <laughs> what sport activities, if any, did you participate when growing up? I played field hockey for years, and that was really fun. Um, and nowadays, more like kayaking and that kind of thing. So I started getting into that like in college, yeah. Do you have a favorite board game? Favorite board game, Catan. Yes, very fun. Oh, I, I tell you, I haven't played that it's, it's a good one. You can really, really get into all the different levels of it. All right. Um, what's something you could eat for a week straight? Eggs. Eggs is definitely Seriously? A, a staple. Yep. You how, can do it in so you, many different ways. How do you ways. eat it? Oh, you anyway. can hard-boiled. You can it sunny matter, side up, fried, scrambled. All of those are my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. And they're fast. All right. Last question. You ready? Yes. What's for dinner tonight? What's for dinner tonight? So I ate before this. Um, I had a veggie burger because that was the quick, quick meal for today. Very good. Well, you passed. Thank you for participating Ooh. in the rapid fire questions. Akira, uh, I found you because you have a number of podcasts yourself. And tell us a little bit about what you're doing with that and how people can find a little bit more about you if they want to learn more. Yeah. So actually in high school, I had started um, the podcast that I have now called DNA Today. And so the podcast explores different concepts in genetics. So I bring on um, guests who are experts in different areas of genetics. So a lot of genetic counselors, obviously, since that's my background, Um, but talking to patients with different conditions, um, talking to researchers, people that work for biotech companies, so I started the podcast as a way to like explore careers in genetics and just meet more people and learn more about like the world of genetics. How old were you, by the way, when you started it? So I started it when I was, it was 2012. So I must've been 17, 18, something All like right. that. Um, so I was in high school. It's kind of started as a high school project. Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of grown with me. So it used to be me like, you know, researching different genetic topics and, and talking with different people in the field. Um, and now I'm able to kind of chime in a little bit more since I've had more more experience since I started nine years ago. <laughs> but this is a really good podcast. Tell us a little bit how how well it's been rated and and the success you've had and awards yeah. you've won. Oh, well, thank you. Um, in 2020, we won the podcast award for best science and medicine show. So that was wow. very, very exciting. All of 2020? Yeah, so yeah, it was through the nice. podcast awards. Um, so it's like the People's Choice Podcast Awards. So I, I want to, you know, thank, thank our listeners for that because they they made that happen. But yeah, it was really exciting. We've been nominated four other years. So I was like, oh, well, we'll just keep getting the nominations. That's awesome. And then I was just shocked when we won. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten, you know, it's certainly been picking up over the years in terms of, you know, the amount of like listeners we have and just our engagement. And it's just been exciting. We have a lot of episodes that are focused on, you know, how to become a genetic counselor, learning about different areas and other areas of genetics. So, um, you know, we've had episodes about like figuring out more like the bioinformatics side. So like or, um, computer science and looking at like, you know, how to be on like the genetic testing side. And there's mm-hmm. just like so many different careers and technologies. And, you know, I, some people are like, how, how do you talk about genetics for a half hour? And I'm like, how do you only talk about genetics for a half hour? <laughs> so there's, that we get into a like lot a of fun nerdy on the show. phrase right that is there. A, yeah. So if people haven't figured that out by now, yes, I'm quite a nerd. And you've also had some other podcasts as well that you did as well. This is like your third, fourth, fifth podcast that you've yeah. hosted and produced. So yeah, you have a lot yeah. of experience. Yeah. So I, I've had a couple other shows in healthcare. Um, so one about more like the counseling side. So I started that for a private practice. So talking about things like CBT, DBT, and different therapies. Um, I had a dental podcast for a while for another dental company. Okay. So I got to bring on dentists and learn about, you know, a whole world that I really have no idea about. Um, and now I know just a little bit more. And yeah, there's yeah, been a couple other shows. What was in your there first too. podcast? My first podcast was about the Hunger Games series. I feel like nice. you knew the answer to that with that smile. Um, so what was it was about it called? the Hunger Games series. It was called Nightlock. All right. Um, so yeah, that had uh, almost 60 episodes, I think. So That's that was awesome. Kind of, and you won awards for that too, if I recall. Yeah, we got some nominations for oh, that Look one. at you. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. So, well, uh, Kira, where can people find more about you and check out what you're doing? I know we talked about the podcast, but where can people learn more about you and what you're doing? Yeah. So going to dnapodcast.com okay. um, is going to give you links to just about everything um, and searching on social media DNA today. So that's the name of the show. Um, and we do lots of fun giveaways on our social media. Oh. Um, so it's another reason to follow us and, you know, win Bluetooth headphones, different genetics oh my books. Um, so we try to do a lot of fun giveaways to uh, give back to our listeners. That's awesome. That sounds really awesome. And you're educated along the way too. So Really, I really uh, impressed with what you're doing, oh, Kira. Well, thank thanks you so, much. so much for coming on this uh, this podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. I'm so glad that you have this show because I think there's just so many cool careers to go into in healthcare, and some people may just think of okay, doctor, researcher, yeah. but there's just so much more than that. Yeah, uh, and I'm just so glad that you could like provide this for people that are exploring options. And this career in particular is very unique and could be just up the alley for the right person. So again, thanks for coming on board, Kira. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. That's our show today. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about today's guests or other past guests, just check out my website, healthcareerswithdrmarn.com or hcwithdrmarn.com. Of course, if you like what you heard on this podcast, then please go to my website, add your name and email to my email list. That way you can get the latest announcements and news as they arise. You can also find me on Instagram at drrichardmarn. That's Dr. Richard Marn. Thank you so much for listening and catch you on the next episode.